Our second reading today comes from Matthew. It's a familiar story. We usually read it around Christmas time. It is the story, or part of the story, of the birth of Jesus the Messiah. And this is, we're going to go a couple of verses beyond what the slides have um, uh, in the reading. Now the birth of Jesus the Messiah took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. But just when he had resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son... And you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. The virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph awoke from his sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her as his wife, but had no marital relations with her until she had borne a son. And he named him Jesus. Join me in a prayer. <clears throat> Grant us your guiding spirit this morning as we continue to talk about who we are and the generations that we are part of and learn from that. Lift us up. Wrap your arms around us. Give us hope for the world in which we live. In Christ's name, amen. <clears throat> So we began this series on generations, and in a nutshell, here's what you need to know just in case you weren't here last week. We've, we're using research from two guys, William Strauss and Neil Howe, who are kind of generational guru types, and they define the length of a generation as around 22 years, or 18 to 24 years as they put it. Uh, in other words, every 22 years or so, a new generation begins. They also suggest that there are four types, only four types of generations, and those four types follow in order uh, pretty dependably, reliably, and then they, the cycle repeats itself over and over and over again. So the cycle begins with the idealist generation, then the reactive generation follows, then the civics, and then the adaptive generation after that, and then the cycle starts all over. Since the beginning of our country, we've been through or in, or in the fourth cycle. It's gone through now four times. We're in the fourth round, you might say. So that's basically what you need to know. Last week, we began with the civic generation type, because that's just barely the, the oldest existing generation. We have a few civic generation types, GIs left. So we began with them. Today we're going to talk about the adaptives. Now, or the, or the conformists, as I've titled it. Adaptives, we have two, the silent generation is the older group, the homeland generation is still being born, 2005 is an iffy number, we don't know if that's exactly right, it might change as history kind of looks back. 
uh, but they're being born as we, as we speak, literally. And adaptives come of age during an outer-driven period of time, season. And meaning that they tend to focus on what's going on out here more than what's going on in here. The mindset tends to be that if we get what's going on out here correctly, what's going on in here will be fine. They're an outward-focused group. And the reason for that is because they are born into and are children and youth during the secular crisis that the generation, civic generation before them, is dealing with as they come of age, like the Great Depression and World War II, for example. So they are born into the secular crisis and they come of age in the time following. So with the secular crisis, some crisis going on out here, what's to follow is a focus on fixing what's going on out here. And so they are born into that. Because of that, they tend to silence you. I'm going to use you and they. You, they tend to be background people, detail people process people, the rules, they set the rules, they make sure things are in place, all kind of background stuff. They are not front and center stage people by and large. They are background, detailedly focused people. They are, because they grow up in a crisis, they focus on the details, stay in the background more than not. And that's those are the big biggies about adaptive uh, generations. They long for consistency and routine and are schooled in consistency and routine. They are conformists. They conform to the world that has already been set, the social agenda by the uh, generation before them. They come in and they work out all the details and they tweak it and refine it and do that background stuff. That's the big calling of an adaptive generation. It's as if they're hardwired to follow the rules, to stick to the plan, and to maintain the routine. A great example of the voice of an adaptive generation is from the popular movie Mary Poppins. George Banks is the father figure in the movie. And in this scene we're about to see, he is so enamored and caught up in the routine that he is oblivious to the growing chaos all around him. There are roles. He's got his role as the father figure of the house, you know, in that time. And, and everyone's got their role, and he's doing his role, and, and things are falling apart. He's just oblivious. Take a look. Hello, Cajunella. That must be heavy. Allow me. <laughs> what a very pretty hat. I feel a surge of deep satisfaction. Much as a king astride his noble steed. Thank you. When I return from daily strife to harp and wife, how pleasant is the life I lead. Dear, it's about the children. Yes, yes, yes. I run my home precisely on schedule. 
At 6.01, I march through my door. My slippers, sherry and pipe are due. At 6.02, consistent is the life I lead. George, they're missing. Spend it, spend it. It's grand to be an Englishman in 1910. King Edward's on the throne. It's the age of men. I'm the lord of my castle, the sovereign, the liege. I treat my subjects, servants, children, wife, with a firm but gentle hand. No bless of liege. <laughs> it's 6.03 and the heirs to my dominion are scrubbed and tubbed and adequately fed. And so I'll pat them on the head and send them off to bed. Ah, lonely is the life I lead. Winifred, where are the children? <laughs> that is the voice. That's the mindset. That's the mindset, right? Consistent is the life I lead. At 6.01, this happens. At 6.02, this is supposed to happen. At 6.03, I pat my kids on the head, and then I send them off to bed. It doesn't matter that they're not even there. He just doesn't even realize. Longing for stability, routine. Give me the rules. I will follow them. Mary and Joseph. Same mindset. I have no doubt that they were part of an adaptive type of generation. They're detail people. They follow the rules. They're in the background. Scholars have a field day about how much the Holy fam fam Family, as they put it, is eerily absent with a few exceptions like Matthew and Luke. But even Matthew and Luke, Matthew focuses on Joseph, Luke focuses on Mary, and they're just a chapter or two and then just gone, completely gone. Take Joseph, for example, in today's reading, right? What does he do? What's the first thing he does when he finds out that Mary's pregnant? He, go, he doesn't even think about it. He goes to the rule book. It says here in paragraph... A, subsection 2, that I should divorce her. So, okay, that's what I'm going to do. And then what does he do? Then he gets a little rebellious. This is the rebellion in him. He does it quietly. That's as much rebellion as you're going to get out of an adaptive type of generation. I'm going to do it, but I'll just, I'll rebel. I'll do it quietly. You know, that's, that's as much as you're going to get because he's longing to maintain the routine Follow the rules. When the angel comes and gives him the different plan, you can just feel him wanting to argue with the angel. I don't understand. It says right here in the rule book that I'm supposed to do this. If we have rules, what in the world is the point of having them if we're not going to follow them? Of course, he's hearing from God, so he ends up following the new plan. And he follows the new plan without question after that. Angel comes to him in a dream, says, well, go here. He goes there, just doesn't even question. Angel comes to him in a dream, says, you're, you're good to come back from Egypt. Don't come back. So he does, follows the rules, sticks to the plan, maintains the routine. Consistent is the life they lead. When the kings come in the passage that follows the one we just read, they, too, are part of the same generation. What do they say? They say, well, we're just observers. We're just observers. We've been observing the star, 
And we told the king publicly that we'll follow his rules, but quietly we're just going to come and pay homage and go our own way. And then you never hear about the kings again, ever. Background people, detail people, making sure the right things are in place and the right people are being taken care of. Not the right people, all people, really. That's their, their work. That's the work of the adaptive generation, Mary and Joseph. They long to maintain the routine. The silent generation. You grew up as children and youth during World War II, the secular crisis that the civics were dealing with as they came of age. There's a few of you that might have served in the war, but you didn't get a long run. The civics did that. So because you grew up in a time of secular crisis as you were growing up, you came of age during the post-war economic boom that followed this outward focus. Because you grew up in a time of secular crisis, you had helicopter parents, overprotective, told you eat this, don't do that, do this, don't do that. We're going to protect you from the dangers of the world, the war, the dangers, overprotective helicopter parents. And that's what you grew up in. You were given the rules, and you were expected to follow them. You have lived your life learning and relearning what we were reminded of this week by Hurricane Harvey, and that is that we are not in control. You walked into a social agenda that the civic generation before you already set. When the civics were wanting to build suburbs, you made sure that the streets were right and the rules were right and the procedures were right and, and all of that. When, and, and that the services were in place. During the 60s, you were the ones that supplied the huge increase in helping vocations, nurses, teachers, doctors, medicine, people, people vocations. You walked into that and, and worked on the details. When the, G, when the GI generation wanted to begin a new governmental program on, to tackle some social issue, you're the ones that sat in Congress and debated the rules and the bylaws and the way it should happen so that it run correctly. You're background people. You're the only generation in the history of the country so far that has not had a president. Not had a president. All kinds of Congress reps, representatives and senate, senators, not a, not a president. Mondale was your best shot, and that didn't work. Mondale and, and Dukakis actually was another one. That's a, those are silence. That's silent generation. Detail, process-oriented types. You long for routine. Consistent is the life you lead. Give me the rules, I'll follow them. And the rules for you were simple. Not unlike what we saw on the, on the screen. What were the rules? Get an education. Get married. Get a job. Have kids. That's it. Not everyone was able to do it, but that's what kind of the expectation was. You knew the expectation. Education, get a job. Or get married, get a job. Have kids. Work during the week. 
go to church on Wednesday night and Sunday morning, and we make sure as silence to make sure the rules are in place to allow that to happen. Blue laws, right? Sunday morning, everything's closed. Why? Because we're going to make sure we maintain this routine of going to church. Work during the week, go to church on, and wear a dress or a suit when you do it. All outward focus. If you look good on the outside, you'll eventually feel good on the inside. That's the kind of the, the mindset. Give me the rules, I'll follow them. It says, if you believe and rely on the consistent, dependable presence of God that never changes. It's the gift you bring. Homeland. Homeland. Homelands, homelanders, as we might call them, are still being born. And Here's what we know so far. You, homelanders, have overprotective helicopter parents just like the silent generation did 80 years before you. You have parents like me who are absolutely not willing to let you take the same risks that I took when I was a kid. Ain't no way. It ain't happening. Your daily schedule is, is scheduled down to the minute with play dates and all kinds of extracurricular activities. And if you don't have enough extracurricular activities, by golly, we're going to sign you up for one because that's, you're scheduled. You're constantly, you are constantly being monitored and watched and supervised. If a homeland kid comes up to their parent and asks them, can I go to the park by myself? What's the answer they're going to get? They're going to get one of two things. Absolutely not, not by yourself. That's a crazy world out there here in Murphy, the safest place in the state of Texas. Look at the statistics. It's actually true. Or you're going to get... Well, you're getting old enough, maybe so, sure. But take this phone and text me the minute that you're there, that you're okay, and all of that. You do that, and who's going with you? So and so, okay, all right, I'll, I'll let you go, you know. And, and then off they go, and what happens? Mom or dad immediately, when they're out the door, starts texting them. Where are you? How is it? Do you like what? How are you? A block away? Are you, are you at the park now? What's it like? Who's there? Describe them for me. Carting our kids everywhere, supervising and monitoring. The, the, the conversation of parents these days is, is along these lines. I have to take my kid here and there and across the town, and oh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it all. You know, that's, that's the, the grief of parents right now because we, we over supervise, we over manage our kids. And yet, here's the thing. This is the only world they know. They are quite used to it. They have been given this set of rules, a strict set of rules, and you're expected to follow them. They grow up and will continue to grow up and they will come of age in a micromanaged number of rules, strict understood, reliable world, and they will bring that voice 
to help set the details and the processes of whatever social agenda the millennia, millennial generation sets for them. They're quite schooled to do in the future what's been done already before. Consistent is the life they lead as if they will need to come to rely on the consistent, dependable presence of God. That's their gift. So when you see a representative from the silent generation, when you, as you watch the homelanders grow up, may you be reminded of Mary and Joseph, the eerily absent holy family that made sure the right things were in place, attended to the details. May you be reminded of the consistent, dependable presence of God we've been given in Jesus Christ. The same Christ who once said to his disciple, I am with you always to the end of the age. For God has given you and the generation you're part of a special gift, a unique voice that the world needs to hear. Amen.